For those of us who are real estate investors investing in REITs that are publicly traded on the stock market, you have a natural added advantage than all of the other stock investors out there who aren't familiar with real estate. And your advantage is that this is your life. You live and breathe this. So you're going to be able to find a better pick, a better deal than the average person who has no idea what it takes to manage real estate. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. On today's episode, we have Ange Matthews. She's a self-taught investor, real estate investor for over 12 years, and has been able to generate six-figure income by investing in the stock market. On today's episode, we're going to dive into everything when it comes to REITs. This is a a master guide for uh, all of you who are interested about REITs. If you don't know about REITs, imagine real estate and stock market had a baby, that would be REITs. We (laughs) dissect how, most important, we dissect how real estate investors are ideal and we we actually have an advantage of being very successful in investing in REITs. So uh, this episode will dissect for you everything that you need to know about this strategy and how can you diversify your portfolio with REITs. Before we get into Andrew's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder welcome back everyone this is liz this is andressa welcome back to the real estate invest her show Thank you for being with us, whether you're our first-time listener or you've been a loyal listener for along the journey. We appreciate you. We don't take it lightly. And what we stand for, for and just a good reminder for those who've been with us or you're, you're new to the show, we stand for women's financial freedom and getting that on your own terms, whether it's through real estate, whether it's through other investments, whether it's through running your business more efficiently and taking care of yourself. That's what we stand for. And we're so excited to jump into a, a very fascinating topic around REITs with uh, Ange Matthews. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, coming on our show and kind of getting into more things on the investment side than just real estate, quote unquote. So thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So, you know, as we as we talk about, you know, uh, we're going to get into REITs, we're going to get into, you know, the stock market, we're going to get into those pieces. But why is it important? Let's start here. Why is it important to diversify across different investment classes, considering the current economy that we're in and experiencing? Well, you never know what's going to happen until it happens. I think if we all had a crystal ball and we saw that interest rates would be ridiculously high and that financing would be hard to access and things would get more competitive, we'd all do the right thing. But 
most of us, even three years ago, had no idea that this was coming. It was just raining money out there. And now that it's kind of stopped raining, a lot of us are wondering, what do we do? And because things happen cyclically, you're going to have to figure this out at some point in your investing career. So you might as well do it now. Let's do it. Let's buckle up and go for it, right? So we're going to talk about REITs and we're going to dissect it for all of you that are curious about it. And it's like, this is the podcast if you're looking to dive in. So I joked <laughs> earlier on, I joked about it. I was like, if... I love when you joke, by the way, Andressa, because, you know, you're like, is this proper you, English? You know, That's friends, always what she says. <laughs> no, this is how you know you have a friend because she laughs about any joke that you made that makes it cute. It's cute, especially when it doesn't make any English sense. But I was saying to them, I'll share with you guys, I was saying... Is it REITs like if real estate and the stock market had a child, it would be REITs, basically, in like very plain English. Is that the truth, Ange? It is so the truth. So before I started my journey, I only had the stock market because I didn't necessarily have down payment, traditional down payment money. So I started investing in REITs before I actually owned my own properties. And that was my tippy toe. And so it is absolutely like the stock market and the real estate market have a baby because you can trade real estate as if you would any other stock market investment. So in a nutshell, you have Look at the real estate as a company and you own a piece of that. Yes, I own a piece of that company, which in turn owns a piece of their multiple properties that they own and manage. Got it. So therefore, I can invest in a individual REITs or in a mutual what Absolutely. are the benefits of individual versus mutual? Well, with a mutual, you're going to have fees, but that's because someone actually manages it. And they probably have a portfolio of many, many, many different properties. So before I became a hotel owner, I owned a hotel REIT. And in that, I owned many different hotels as a result of just owning, even if it was a thousand bucks of this REIT that uh, is traded right as a mutual fund. Then you've got private REITs, and this is where it's similar to a syndication in the sense of people are pooling resources together to invest in properties, but it's on a much, much bigger mil um, territory. So think billions, trillions. It's a really big game, and you're also there with thousands of investors, uh, potentially. So let's take a step back because I think, you know, in a lot of ways, what are women experiencing? Because, you know, we have this community, we have our, we have our 50 plus meetups. We're, we're constantly in conversation with women, not women who are actually new to real estate. They're actually investing in real estate. They're doing deals. They're growing their portfolios and they're frustrated, right? They're frustrated with the current, you know, landscape. They're not able to do deals. It's not penciling out or they're not even able to do deals in their current backyard and they're having to go elsewhere. Or they're just trying to make it work. They're like, oh, this loses $500 a month. I think I should buy it. And we're like, no, that's not smart. So I think there's a lot of frustration there. So women, savvy women have money, right? They have money to invest. Like if I'm not going to go actively buy property, my money's sitting and it's not making me any money, right? And that's a problem. So if we think about REITs in that sense, like I'm that woman who has, say, 25,000, 50,000, 100 grand, whatever it might be. What is the common way, like, so if we go down the, the mutual fund side or the individual side and I have money to deploy, what are some questions I can ask myself to say, okay, what is the right, what, what are the various strategies, but what's the right strategy for me to, you know, 
to keep, get my money working for me. So what would you say to that woman who's considering, you know, REITs as a, as a strategy right now so they can at least get make get, get their money making money for them. Well, it's definitely a timely conversation and unlike a lot of other deals that take weeks, months, even sometimes years, it's not like that for REITs, especially if you're going to go the mutual fund route. You can buy it and own it within 24 hours. And with that said, it also has dividend capability. So a lot of REITs have very high dividend deals. So that money that you have just sitting in a low interest account not doing anything can be activated right away. And whether you're thinking, well, maybe the market might get better. Should I just have this cash on hand just in case I need to deploy it on an opportunity? You can liquidate within 24 to 48 hours. Really? That quick? If it's publicly traded on the stock market, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And so it's high liquidity, which is beautiful for a lot of us. And so what I want to say is if you're seriously considering this, what you want to do is look at a specific rate. You can simply Google publicly traded rates. And what you want to do is see what the expenses are, because of course, everything has an expense. You want to see what that ratio is. And then you want to figure out what your industry or specific vertical is going to be in. So if you enjoy commercial real estate, whether that's investing in large complexes, you can do that. Whether it is investing in office space, you can do that. Hotels, you can do that medical space, you can do that. So I would suggest don't stray too far from your normal comfort level because you'll be able to assess the deal better. Love that. I have so many questions here. I know, me too. So what are the, let's start with misconception about REITs because I don't think it's like people are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to learn more about this. But I think the knowledge should reach the population who are investing in real estate and should be like, as we talk about flips, birth strategy, REITs should be in the middle as an option. So what are the most misconceptions about REITs that you, you hear a lot? I hear that people don't enjoy not having control. And so a lot of people want to be hands-on with their investments. And this is the investment where you have no hands pretty much on it. And it does require a level of trust but at the same time, I look at the track record of a lot of the companies and corporations that are owning these REITs, and they've been around way before I've been on this planet, and chances are they're going to be around way after. So in terms of legacy play, in terms of maybe I just want to be out having a vacation or I'm just really focused on my business, somebody else is focused on making that money and that portfolio work. So this is where not having control is a benefit and you want to diversify with that. It cannot be all on you all the time, especially as women. Like we have to take a break and trust that we're going to be taken care of. Amen for that. Yeah. And it also depends on like, you know, women's financial goals, right? It always comes back to that. People are like, oh, well, should I buy a single family home or should I passively invest? Should I actively invest? It really like Andressa's favorite answer is it depends, you know, that is your favorite answer. It is. <laughs> it depends. But it, it's so true. It, it's all about what is my financial goals? Where do I want to be? So so say I have 20, let's go down a path of I, I have 25,000, right? To, to deploy. And, uh, you know, obviously 25,000 is different than if I had 500,000, right? Because obviously the more you have to deploy, the more return you're going to make. But let's start, start there. 
what kind of average returns are we looking at? Because that does matter. And I think women don't ask those questions enough. You know, is it active? Is it passive? That's less important to me that what's my return? Because if it's less time and it's a higher return, then I'm all in for that, right? It's, it, it depends on the return compared to my time and energy effort. That's what people should be thinking about and where I'm headed. So for like a traditional REIT, so you go, go down the mutual fund REIT, if that's, if that's where we want to go for this example. What kind of return am I looking at? I invest 25000 What's my return? So typically speaking, it's over how long you want to actually hold the asset. So an example, um, I'm looking at a REIT right now. And over the past year, this REIT has not performed. So say over the past year, it was about $6.77 a share, which is really low. I typically don't invest in anything under $25 a share, simply because that's the true value of it. And now it's $5.70 a share. This said, they did provide a 4.21 dividend yield which is amazing. And over time, if you hold it out, say over the max, which is from the time this was conceived and you invested in it at $3.45 in 2020, well, this is about 2023. It's gone up to 570. So you would have made roughly about about 50, more than 50%, right? Just in three years. Now, how did you acquire that knowledge, Ange? That was good. That was good knowledge. You're talking about knowledge. I'm like, oh, what's good? What's bad? Not sure. Cause I don't know the business like you do where I know other pieces. So how did you acquire that knowledge that you just, you just spout out to us? So because I mainly deal with stock as well as real estate, these are numbers I have to quantify extremely quickly when evaluating, say, the stock. Because this is traded on the stock market, I simply look and see, well, how much money has it made in the past year? How much money has it made in the past five years? Thankfully, there are graphs that just calculate this on its own. So I can simply just look at the the graph and the track record. Unlike real estate, it's not so clear right? You you have to think about what the potential value of something is and what the appraised value of something is. Because this is the stock market. No, the value is what someone is willing to pay for right now, today, and what you can make from it. So that's how I got the information. So you mentioned that, what is your threshold for investment? You mentioned that you don't invest in something that trades that low. I don't invest in anything. Um, typically speaking, under $15 a share. Um, I would like it to be over 20 to 25 a share. And the reason why is because that means that the company is quite healthy and give or take, it's on the lower side now because of where we are with our economy. What are the other criteria for you to invest in a REIT? For one, it's dividend yield. So I want to make sure that while my money is parked there, I'm still getting passive residual income from it. That is a really big deal to me. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of us want with any real estate property, right? It's that cash flow coming through. So that's the first criteria. The second criteria is how aggressive are they in adding other assets to the portfolio? And what are these other assets? So instead of just investing blindly, I'm actually going to go to the website and I'm going to see what do you own and in what market and what territory. So this is where that real estate knowledge actually comes in. And it's like they did have a Perfect. Because you, if you have both, then it's like you have to have both in order to have this knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. You do. And it's very transferable. And so the things that you'll see with your real estate knowledge, you'll probably do a lot better than a regular 
stock investor who has no idea about real estate. So you do have an added advantage when you're investing in REITs this way. Ooh, can you say I've, that again? For li- li- ladies, get out of the treadmill and take a, take a break. Listen to what she said right now because we, are, we have an advantage. So say that again for me, Ange. So for those of us who are real estate investors investing in REITs that are publicly traded on the stock market, you have a natural added advantage than all of the other stock investors out there who aren't familiar with real estate. And your advantage is that this is your life. You live and breathe this. So you're going to be able to find a better pick, a better deal than the average person who has no idea what it takes to manage real estate. More criteria? Can I ask? I want to, I want to ask a question about the aggressiveness, but do you have more criteria? I'm going to cut you off because I know we we're talking about criteria. <laughs> so the other criteria that I love to think about is also cyclical. So when I think about healthcare and I think about a potential recession, I know healthcare it doesn't matter what happens, it's always going to go. So I'm naturally going to look for a REIT that reflects the healthcare market. I'm going to look for a REIT that's building up medical offices. I live here in Dallas and real estate is booming because of medical real estate, right? Other buildings, projects have paused, but if you slap a medical anything on it or a geriatric anything on it, it is doing quite well because those things will never change. So it's also going to be a little bit cyclical in how aggressive you want these returns to be, because I know that's a little bit recession proof. I do have a healthcare component to my REIT, which is what I love because my I could have 150 to deploy and that could either get sucked up by one investment or I can spread it out. And what do you prefer to do? Spread it out or one investment? It alternates. So some years I'll do one investment, especially when the going's good. And then other years I still stand by my commitment to be an active investor every single year to deploy that money. And so that's when I'll spread it out. When things look a little bit hazier with the economy, I look at it as I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket. And that's what makes my nervous system feel better. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you're saying, based on the economy, right, there is different types of REITs that will thrive in certain economies and others won't, right? Office and retail REITs, how, based on what happened with COVID and how it changed people's behaviors working from home, did, did that specifically get a negative effect? It did get a negative effect, but you also want to think about how big the property is for the REITs. So an example would be sometimes companies would have a portfolio of multiple office buildings that can hold thousands of employees, right? So if they have a contract with Toyota or if they have a contract with a huge multinational company, then they really got hit because no one is looking for that office space with thousands of employees versus people are starting to downsize their request and they want an office space that could fit maybe 500 employees because people are rotating their office hours. And so those I found have been able to bounce back more significantly than those buildings who have the logo on the building and the entire building is leased out to an entire corporation. They're having a very hard time now because it's just not going back that way. 
And you had mentioned in the, in the criteria about how aggressive they are. I know, I mean, we're on the syndication side of, 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 of large multifamily and I haven't seen, I haven't seen a ton of syndicators incredibly aggressive in the last year. They're doing deals, but I wouldn't say this is like aggressive time in the last year. So my, my question though, in terms of like aggressiveness, cause it kind of has to be hedged with what's happening in the economy. Now I'm just using an example, right? Large, large apartment complexes. But would you say like, if, you know, medical offices, maybe that they should be aggressive. I mean, so when you say how aggressive they are, is it what's good, what's not, you know, what, I don't say good and bad, but what do you look for in that? Are, are you looking for too much aggressiveness? Are you looking for a moderate amount of aggressiveness? What, what, are, you, what are you, when you, I want to expand that a little bit. I'm looking for growth and opportunity. So if you go to a website and they say, hey, our last acquisition was a year and a half, two years ago, and there's nothing in the pipeline, that's a little scary to me. That means that they're just trying to stay afloat and manage their lack of access to capital right now, which I fully understand. Um, however, when you go to the website, say an example for a medical uh, re. They've got this property is coming and that property is coming. This is kind of what we're doing. You join their email list and you get the updates. Well, that's a more aggressive play because they're actually doing something. They're looking for deals, which means they have money to deploy. Another question too. I have like so many questions. I'm like, this is great because I want to like get totally involved. I want to like go on some website. You're going to tell me what I need to do, Ange. I'm like, ooh, I got to get into this. That's my shiny object syndrome. No, um, now I forgot my question. But oh, look at that. She, <laughs> that is not surprising she for me. Herself right, just, <laughs> she talks herself out and then she's like, and I forgot. See, this no, time was not is. me. This I, time no, was not, just not you. me. For, in five years, this time was not my fault. There no, no. You and Matt totally complain about the same things when it comes to Liz Faircloth, but that's another conversation for another recording. Um, when it comes to diversification, right? We, we know in real estate how important, like if I meet someone and like, oh, I have, I have a little of this, I have a little of that, I have a little of this and a little of that. I'm like, I don't know anything really about anything. I, I think in the, in the, in the world of st the stock market, even though, you know, REIT's kind of combining both of them. In some ways, that that's the purpose, right? You're trying to hedge against against risk, so you have a level of diversification. Is that accurate in what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just curious to get your insight, or or do you like, wow, these folks just do medical, and that's what they know, and that makes me feel better? Or like, hey, they got a little medical, they got a little industrial, they got a little retail, and that's going to hedge between uh, something that goes astray in the economy. I'm curious to get your insight from more on on the stock market REIT side versus what I know of real estate. So that's a great question. And it's a great question because what you're asking is, can I diversify myself and choose the performers or should I choose one performer that's doing the diversification for me? Did I get that? That's perfect. That was a great way to say it. Much more can concise than me. Can we hire you to... <laughs> Stay with Liz, and then you, this. Listen, I, we got to talk about it. And you, you might, you and I, I might need to do some projects together. I'm serious. I love Liz, how you Liz, just make me Liz concise. Will tell you in ten minutes what she's talking about, and then Angie will like, this is what you meant in a sentence. Like, yes, Angie, great. Our editors are like, yes, love that. <laughs> Yeah. So this is where the controller part of me comes in. So a part of me says that if you're going to be amazing at your your purpose and your whatever you're doing, then focus on it. But I do want to know that you have a backup plan. And so 
this is pretty much how I treat all of my investments. You don't have to be into everything, but I need to know that when something isn't working, you can be able to pivot and still utilize the assets you have to make more assets. So that's one thing. And what that looks like is if someone is, example, going into the healthcare and healthcare is having a really downtime, uh, what are they doing with that property? What what are they doing to enable their sales force? What are they doing to transform that space to something else? And that's something that I want to think about. But I don't get too much into their role for diversification because I can diversify myself. So I can also have a hotel rate, which I do, right? So that when healthcare is down, I also know that probably travel and joy and people staying in hotels are going to be up. Same thing with having a REIT that has commercial office space. Um, for financial buildings or within a specific zone or district in a city, right? I know that when finances are up and booming, that REIT's going to do pretty well. So we we are interest rates, right? It's 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 going where it's going. We don't know where it's going, but it, it changed. How interest rates affect REITs? I think interest rates affect everyone in terms of access to funding. So money costs more. And for REITs, they need money and a constant flow of money to keep either acquiring new properties or even managing the ones that they have. So it still hits them, but I don't think it hits them as much as say the individual person or the individual investor because they have more cash on hand. And that's something that I love to see about publicly traded REITs because you can see this information versus a private. You just have to trust that they're giving you the best information. But the SEC regulates it and watches it. So I can see how much they actually have cash on hand. Mm, I was going to go there. So so let's say the public, right, works very similar. And I'm comparing to syndication here just for the sake of the example. So if, if it is a, a private, how do you vet a, how do you call the person who is the owner of the company? In our case, is a syndicator who is syndicating the deal. How do you vet the the company that it's private that has that holds the reads? I like to look at the past things that they have. So I used to invest in something called Arc, and I'd look at Arc Two, Arc Three, Arc Four, and I'd see how those shook out. So did they? do what they said they were going to do. Did they handle the money responsibly? Was there an exit? How long did it take to exit compared to when they said they were going to exit? Also, if possible, I go to investor meetings and I talk to the people in the room. Well, now it's probably Zoom, but I'll message someone in the chat and say, hey, this is your third round with these people. How has it been? What do you like about them? Are they on time with their uh, financials around tax time? Because that's probably one of my biggest gripes for investments. If you don't give me my tax forms when I need them, it's pointless. That's a red, a red flag. That it's very simple, but it's it's a uh, it measures how how they're managing basically their 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 process and the customer. In a nutshell, I love that because the past. I think in in so much in whether it's what you're saying or in, in real estate projects, the past does dictate the future, and so that is your biggest way to evaluate right? The operators, if you will. I love that. And, and you want to ask those tough questions about, you know, what was the business plan versus what's the actual? Because, you know, if they're off every time they've done a deal, <laughs> very chances are high, they're going to be off again. And maybe they, they just, you know, and then, the, that, then you have to like look inward of what you're looking to do. 
So what are you currently involved in right now? I know you're involved in a lot of different pieces. You know, I know you're involved in the stock market. You know, you, you got your start in REITs and are you still investing there? Like what, what are you involved in right now? And what, what are you keeping important for your own portfolio management? I am really into REITs still because right now I know it's an off time for real estate, but if someone's going to get it right, they will. And I also know it's going to come back. So when you think about buy low, sell high, I completely know that this is the other side of the pendulum where things are not working out. And it's just going to be a matter of a couple of months to a couple of years when the Fed stops doing their thing, when recession talks are out, it's just going to swing back the way our real estate cycle works. So rates are huge. Uh, we're getting really into convertible debts. And so because rates are so high, a lot of companies and investors can't access money. And if I've got money just sitting there, I can deploy that not as an investment, but as an actual form of debt. And I've been having really great collateral. So an example would be a cannabis farm in Massachusetts is our collateral uh, for this debt. And we have the lien to this property while they're holding this money. So that's pretty amazing because Honestly, the debt is significantly less than what this entity is worth. So I'm actually kind of hoping they default <laughs> so that I can I don't think cannabis is going to default. There's a lot of demand. <laughs> can I, let me ask you a quick follow-up question. How did that come, how did that come to be? Because I'm an investor, and this is one thing that you do want to start making a part of your brand my brand is Ange Matthews, investor and investment strategist. So I say investor first. And once you have that, it's almost as if you have like this bright light behind you. It's like investor and then bring me the opportunities. <laughs> yes. And I tell people I am open to investments if it's a good opportunity. And I have a criteria and a vetting process that has worked over the past 10 to 15 years that I've been investing. So bring it. If I don't think it's going to be great, I'll let you know. And I'll let you know what you can do to make it great as well. So as a result, I have amazing deal flow, deal flow from companies, deal flow from for real estate. Uh, that's how the hotels happened. Deep, I just get really great deal flow. I have ideas. <laughs> I have other ideas. When I'm quiet, <laughs> I have ideas. Uh-oh. But the bottom line, where, where do you see REITs going in the future? It's only going to stay. So it's not, you know, a lot of people think they're going to, they might go away, but it's not. And it's because there are trillions and trillions of dollars. We're playing on a very tiny playing field of real estate. And I know that some of our deals may span millions, but you're talking billions and trillions. And it's not going to go anywhere because these are the companies that also have lobbyists that are pushing for regulation, that are pushing for tax breaks. And so if you want to be a part of that, get in the room and you can do it for like a couple thousand dollars just to be in the room and get access to this information. So I don't think REITs are going to go anywhere because they have a specific purpose. And they're also in a lot of pension plans and a lot of retirement plans. And so there's always going to be that demand. And I also think that with AI nowadays and how transactions are are being made and we would be, we're talking in a, like a, in a, light speed in two hours you own it and, and then you're like what paperwork title company that's that's 2020 yep. <laughs> you know what? Who, who knows about that but i think that that's that's something that what you were saying that it's being in the room it's it's what we encourage all the women to be right playing the arena how can you be in the room and really listen to what is happening? So for that woman that is very intriguing right now, and she's already Googling things, and 
where where are the resources that you will, will recommend it to her? Where she should go first? There's a wonderful site called REIT.com. <laughs> it's R-E-I-T.com. Great. Cannot forget that. Can't forget that. I like simple. <laughs> and it's really an amazing source for a lot of educational information. When I started in REITs, I was on the site all the time. I will say sometimes the information can get a bit confusing with jargon. And so try to just get the gist of it. That's the first important part. Get the gist of it and see if this can fit within your portfolio. Uh, if you have an advisor, talk to your advisor. If you've got a retirement plan or stock investments, it might be a very easy shift to incorporate REITs into your portfolio. And then, of course, we have a lot of resources, you know, on the website where it's like REITs made easy and it's like a blog post. It's it's super simple. It's not even like hard, but I'm really about don't get lost in the detail and don't let that block you out of a potential opportunity for you to make your money work for you. Love that. Love that. Love this topic. More more to come here. I got, you know, more questions, but we'll have to have you back on, Ange. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you? Sure. You can go to happyinvestormethod.com and we've got a lot of resources uh, available for you to find out more about investing and how you can just diversify. But either way, you've got this and this is always a time to make money. You just have to find out which way it is. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And Ange, the first one is, what's the most transformational book you ever read? Think from Trash Man to Cash Man. And it's uh, by this person called uh, Golden is his last name. And this was the first time that someone actually told me what the systems of the house of the, the poor, the middle class, and the wealthy looks like in a diagram. It's one thing to explain it in words, but to just see it in a diagram, it clicked. Awesome. Second question. What's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? I don't check my accounts every single day. <laughs> and so I make, even though I want to, and I get notifications of assets growing and dividends, I don't click in and check it because it will make me anxious. And the other thing is I give myself permission to take a five minute salt bath, even if it's just for five minutes. Nice. Love salt bath. So great. Last question, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Madam C.J. Walker. Mm. Uh, she builds a hair care company, was uh, the first millionaire and also women, period, and also uh, a woman of color. And when everyone said that she couldn't, she just made it happen and she did. Yes, she did. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ange, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing all your great details and information. You got us all like our, our heads are like, I got to take some action after this. So, so thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Ange. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.